A woman who loves her husband does not see any other. It is him and him alone that captures her heart and her attention, even when he isn't in the vicinity. There is no temptation. There is no second glance at anyone else because no one exists except her true love. Is it true that temptation does not affect those who love the Lord? That there is no second glance? There is no experiment? Is there only truth in that love for God that endures all hardship and celebrates all goodness and lives in that freedom? Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Endure temptation. Guests, welcome. Good to see you this morning. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm going to ask that you introduce yourselves and then tell us how do you endure temptation? All right. Well, I'm Lisa Poirier, and a way that I would endure temptation is just keeping my eye on God and, and prayer and just really consulting Him with every decision I make and just not putting it in my own hands and just trying to remember to look towards God in all situations. Awesome. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Uh, my name is Marcellus Ashley, and I have no idea how I endure temptation. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't you deal know. with it as it comes? Yeah. I guess. I can't yeah. think of the last time I was really tempted. I know that I've been tempted. That's a, a dumb thing to say that, like, oh, I'm not tempted. I know I'm tempted, but I just, I can't think right now. I don't know. <laughs> sorry. Cool. That's, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I'm so bad at these answers. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, hi, my name is Vanessa. Uh, when I am dealing with temptation, one of the things that I do is walk. Okay. Um, oh, I'll walk out of the house or I'll walk out of my office or if I'm, you know, if I'm tempted to argue with someone or tempted to do something that I know just isn't right, I'll, I'll, I'll take a walk. And while I'm walking, kind of pray. And then if you just take that, instantly take that moment and just distance yourself, it, it's helped me. Awesome, I like that's that. Great. That's great. I need to try that a little bit more often. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa, can you read the scripture for us today and then offer prayer? Sure. Thanks. It is James 1, 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let's pray. Hananim tangshin ul chubokul tedani kamsamnida yongsogul Iruwa hamke hananim uro shugo. Yesunim iramil ulowo kido hamnida. Amen. Amen. What was that language? It was Korean, my, my very sad and botched Korean that I love so much. I used to live there and I used to speak much better. Uh, but I've been gone from there for three years now, so it's been hard to kind of get back into it. <laughs> sounded beautiful, sounded beautiful. Thank you. So, how important is the idea that sin is always our own choice? How James, important? James talks about this a little, in, this book is quite an interesting book. Mm -hmm. I think it's mm -hmm. very, to me it's very practical. It's very right now, we can take it and live right now. Mm -hmm. And considering that, we live in sin and we're born in sin and, and this is just something that we deal with constantly. How important is the idea that sin is always our own choice? Do you want to scale <laughs> from zero <laughs> to 10? How important? Or to me, in the figure, I'm a linguist, I'm an editor, a writer, and words are, are very uh, 
important how you phrase the question itself. So if you're saying how important um, on a scale or how relevant or how Well, let me take it crucial. back. Is sin always our own choice? Is it something that we have to do? Are we forced into it? Or is sin our choice? Yes. It is our choice. Yeah. It is our choice. Yeah. Okay. Now, in the grand scheme of how we're living from day to day and how we're supposed to be as Christians, how important is it that we make these decisions that we're choosing to sin or not to sin? Does that help? Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> not for me because, um, well, yeah, I, I agree that, that sin is a choice, but I think sin is a lot more than a choice. Okay. I think it's um, once the choice was made long, long, long ago, um, it has since infected so many things in so many different ways on levels that we could not have chosen um, mm. because we made the original choice and it just, a domino effect, messed up a whole bunch of stuff. I think um, the first time sin is mentioned in the Bible, um, or maybe not the first time, but the first time like God mm -hmm. talks about it, he says, um, he's talking to Cain and he says, sin is crouching at your door and its desire is for you, but mm -hmm. you must master it. And so mm -hmm. he speaks of it in this um, anthropology. He speaks of it like it's a thing, yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's um, like it has, thing. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, also, but Cain is supposed to master it. Mm -hmm. And so there's this mm -hmm. idea that like it wants, but you can choose still. But it still seems to be more. I don't know. There's a lot of choices that don't actively like come after me. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a funny verse. I, I, I've read that verse many a times because my father used to bring that up to us as children mm -hmm. that we can master our decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible talks about um, being holy and being perfect as these are things that we can attain. So we're choosing sin, but we can also choose to not sin mm -hmm. in that same grasp. I, I'm glad that you brought up the beginning of the Bible um, in Genesis when he's telling Cain to master sin. Considering what was the first, as we know, the first steps that led to this sinful world were this, this mm -hmm. fall of Eve and Adam. Mm -hmm. What were, how would you describe the steps that Eve chose to sin? Taking a look at that story. Well, I think the two go together very well. Because okay. um, when we talk about choice, it, to me personally, it's everything. Mm -hmm. Like understanding that I have a choice is, is, is everything. If there's no choice, there's no hope, there's nothing. We're not actually what we are told we were, which is created by God, different from the animals and different from other creations of trees and inanimate things because we can make a choice. Mm -hmm. And so we have our natural sinful nature that makes our choice very difficult because we're going against what almost as if we're it's it's a fine line you have to be careful because then people will say well we're programmed to sin and it's natural for us to sin and so therefore and then if you if the choice is taken out if we um get away from the fact that that every any sin we do is a decision then it becomes a very cruel game of chess in which we are just pawns and nothing like we have no say so one way or the other mm. so with eve we can see that very clearly where she made a conscious decision one after another, which led to a series of decisions. For me, she chose to speak with the snake. Mm -hmm. She chose to listen to the snake. Mm -hmm. She chose to um, deliberate. She listened to what the snake told her and then observed the fruit. Mm -hmm. Those were all cho one choice after another. And then to the final choice, she weighed her options and chose. Hmm. That's a good breakdown. 
that's, that's, that's a really good breakdown of it. So you're saying that it was a process mm -hmm. also that she went through mm -hmm. to get to the point of choosing to sing. A process of reasoning. A process mm -hmm. of reasoning. He approached her with reasoning, mm -hmm. saying, this is what you can obtain. This is what is the benefit of doing this. You have mm -hmm. a choice. First he asked her, what are your parameters? Um, you know what I mean? And that's, that was the opening question, opening dialogue. So right there, she could have shut him down and said, "Why? Well, I don't need to be talking to you. But, you know, in her innocence, some mm -hmm. people take innocence as naivete. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of wiggle room there as well. But it was first talking to him, and then he told her a lie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then she had to choose which one she believed. Then, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The Bible specifically states she took a moment to look at the fruit. She saw that... It was good. Mm -hmm. huh. Well, I think another important point to remember which you, you touched on briefly is the fact, the fact that she stayed and listened. Like kind of like what you mentioned earlier with how you endure temptation you walk away and you, 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 you put yourself away from the situation. She stayed there and listened to the serpent and what he had to say instead of actually saying like no this is, this is wrong I, I shouldn't do this. She, she stayed in the situation which made it harder um, and was easier for the serpent to keep you know like persuading her to actually sin and be tempted. I understand what you're saying, um, but I'm hesitant to like call that the problem or like the like the downfall of her in any way. Because like for example, when Christ is tempted in the wilderness, he doesn't walk away. Like he doesn't. Mm. The whole point. That's, and the Bible tells us to endure. Um, and so, and I'm not saying like she should have sat there and argued with Satan, but like I'm I'm hesitant to just be like ah, she should have just left. Um, because she could have stayed and chose not to do it still. Like, mm -hmm. her being there didn't forgo her, her ability to choose. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I don't understand this stuff. It's, I don't know. Oh, that's okay. I agree with you. Yeah. That's a very good point. That's a good point. Um, How could she have stayed in the door? I mean, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. but these mm -hmm. are all applicable things to us now. Mm -hmm. We're going to find things that tempt us things that want to draw us in, things that want to pull us towards sin, how then, if we, are, if we have to remain in a situation, per se, how then would you, what's some good examples of how we can then endure temptation? Taking a look maybe at Eve, if she didn't, well, with, if she didn't walk away. With this situation, it's, it's really hard to just like, because it was just a choice. It was just mm -hmm. a, all of these other trees, but like, yeah, well, I, I just, I, I choose to try this one. And so that's all she had to do was not choose that. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> Choose the hundreds of other trees. I'm not sure how you <laughs> say don't choose the mm -hmm. thing that you chose. I'm not even sure what went into all, what all went into True. her decision. Um, or Adam's for that matter, because mm -hmm. he does the exact same thing. But. <laughs> that's so complicated. Um, <laughs> But can you, can you restate your question? Just I might want to make sure that I'm talking to your question. Sure. Just in the, if, if, we, if we have to stay in a situation mm -hmm. where, there's a, where there are things, and maybe it's a living environment, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Maybe we're living in an environment where we've chosen to go one path, and the people that are also in the home are choosing another path. And they're trying to pull us in different directions. Mm -hmm. How then can we possibly endure the temptation when we might not, at the moment, have the financial resources to flee or certain things to just take off and leave, how then can we endure when it seems sometimes that we're being bombarded with things? Because mm -hmm. we don't, like you said, we don't know in the story if he came back several times. We're not actually sure. Mm -hmm. we, get, we get a snippet of what God has chosen to give us at the point for us mm -hmm. to understand, mm -hmm. but there could be more to it. But we know in right. situations now we, we, we don't, we're not always able to just 
run. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's not always the same, like fleeing temptation and with, and, uh, withstanding temptation mm -hmm. in which I, if I cannot remove myself, um, for me in my personal walk, it's been about trust. Okay. And I've learned, and it's hard as a human being uh, not to trust your senses, not to trust your own reasoning, not to trust what comes from within because we are, we do have reflexes and intuition and we do have uh, reasoning faculties that we've been endowed with. Um, and in that situation, to trust when, when there's an attack on what you've been taught or what you've been told or, you know, he made the character of God seem to be something other than Mm -hmm. what God himself made it out to be. And so at that point, when you have all this on the table in front of you and your choice is to, tr to trust God, to trust his character mm. in that moment and that to know... That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And that makes me think that um, the, the answer to how do you, how do you decide between mm. these two things is to give up the decision. You admit, which... Paul will argue in Romans, you submit basically and just accept the fact that the decision's already been made. Someone mm -hmm. else made the decision. And so in this situation, we have Eve and the serpent comes to her and is like, okay, take of the fruit. It's a, God told you this, but do this other thing. And she could have been like, well, actually, God's already made the decision that I can't mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And so I, don't, I, I forfeit my choice and I become a slave to God. And I know that sounds terrible to a lot of people, but that's what Paul argues for, mm -hmm. is, is being a servant, being a doulos, being mm -hmm. a slave to, that's the Greek word for slave, sorry, I didn't, um, <laughs> but being a slave to God. Uh, I, I like that, and, and talking about the character of God, those were just great points, going back and just being able to, I guess we have to know who he is, right? Mm -hmm. We have to have an understanding for who he is. Mm -hmm. We have to think at one point, does he really want what's good for us or does he not? So can we trust him in the fact that he's already laid forth the decisions that we can just walk into it mm -hmm. and choose those decisions or mm -hmm. can we choose something else? Speaking about the character of God or who God is, there are some versions that talk about God tempting us. Mm -hmm. What would you say, how do we understand temptation in some of these versions? How would you understand or talk about God tempting us? I'd like to see those versions. <laughs> yeah. Can we like, well, and it depends on the version that you have, but I only found it in the King James version. When, um, where was it? Abraham in Genesis 22, verse one. I don't have King James. Um, and so the, again, depending on which version you mm -hmm. have, um, the exact word tempt is in, is in the King James, I believe. And it says, um, and after these things, God tempted Abraham. God did tempt Abraham to um, to kill Isaac. Mm -hmm. um, just to answer your question, I don't know if anybody wanted to put some thoughts out there to answer the primary question. Well, what would you? It's say? difficult. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's, it's a really difficult thing to answer. I mean, like my my version, I have NIV, and it says God tested Abraham, mm -hmm. and um, and I I have a hard time believing that God would tempt. An individual, because when I think of tempting, I think of Satan. I mean, like I think of I think of like evil temptation or like bribing someone to do something that they shouldn't do or something. So to think of God doing that is really hard for me to wrap my mind around. So the idea of testing is different in the sense that like when we see God testing somebody, it's usually a test of their character, of their faith, where they stand with Him for the good. I mean, it's not usually seen as an evil way in, in my eyes anyway. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, but it's a really difficult question to answer about if he tempts people or not. It's because there are versions that say that. So. Mm -hmm. And, and, I, and, that's, and that's why the question was brought up, because the versions say that, and we know that it's written and there's translation, it's not the original language and so forth. Mm -hmm. But James says something very specific in James 1, 12 mm -hmm. um, through 17, that whole paraphrase, going back to those verses there. Mm -hmm. It really kind of says that, let no one, well in 13 it says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, mm -hmm. for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Right. So going back to that trans, going back, I guess, to that version, mm -hmm. in the other versions it says, tested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And temptation, and you said something right there, um, Lisa, you said that temptation has something that is evil, it has something which is sinful to it, whereas testing is something by God to bring out or refine or to perfect or to, to shape and mold. Mm -hmm. What do you say, what, what would you say? Any thoughts? I would like to first go back to um, James 13. Okay. Um, and if we could kind of like get into this a little bit. Yep. I don't understand completely what's happening here. Okay. Um, so let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the reasoning here. Can we like, like, hmm. I'm tempted, don't say you're tempted by God because God can't be tempted by evil. What does that have to do with God tempting me? If you tempt someone else, there, there's evil intent there. Okay, so if okay. I wake up in the morning and I decide today I'm going to tempt Marcellus, there's evil in me looking to provoke evil in you. Mm -hmm. So he's saying there's no way that temptation can come from God because God himself is not, there's no evil in him. Mm -hmm. So not only does, it, does he not have it, but he can't put that on any, he, he not can't, but literally he won't, which again comes back to what you choose to believe about his character. So for me, it was very interesting. It's also in 2 Samuel 24, okay. um, the first verse again, where it says, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel and he caused David to harm them by taking a census. So it's like, it's kind of almost like entrapment. Like God is telling people to do evil things um, or causing them to, or pushing them to, or inciting them, um, and you know, instigating them to do these things. Um, my personal thing about it, I did some reading on uh, just a Hebrew mindset and the history and the way they express things, mm -hmm. um, their understanding of God and how it would have been written at the time in the context of the time. Um, and just, just to make it quite short, um, the Jewish mentality, it, there's an there's an emphasis on, from what I understand, an emphasis on God's sovereignty. Is He sovereign or is He not? Do things is everything under control or is it not? Kind of a very black and white thing. So even all all good and all evil was attributed to Him because He allows it. And then you have that debate of does God allow, if, is allowing the same thing as causing? Um, mm. And looking at Ab the, the example of Abraham to tempt to do something. I can't tempt you with something that you don't already want to do. If you are an alcoholic, you're tempted by alcohol, not by stealing or not by, you know, whatever other things that tempt. So you would tempt someone based on what their weaknesses is. Okay. I don't think it would have been possible for him to tempt Abraham to kill his son. He did not want to do that. Mm -hmm. So the word tempt there, as we understand it and live it out, doesn't necessarily apply, but also because that's just the way they expressed God's mm -hmm. sovereignty over everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
That was a that was a smash that. Yeah. I'm just sitting there like, uh-huh. It's so important. I mean, I didn't grow up at Venice and a lot of my friends are not Christians. And so it's so important where, you know, they want to pick apart God's character based on on syntax and linguistics. And it's like our our way of expressing ourselves is so much beneath, below the greater evidence of God's character and his mm -hmm. actions. Mm -hmm. He, and even if he did in whatever play devil's advocate, he tempted Abraham to do it and then kept him from doing it. Yeah. So if you think about yeah. the bigger context yeah. of it, you see God's character to be pure and holy and, and loving and true mm -hmm. and not, you know, I'm evil, I created you and now I'm going to judge you for doing things that I caused you to do. Because for everything, there's always a way of escape. Right. Correct. For he's for the temptations and for so forth. Right. He's always put forth a way of escape mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I, I love that. I love all that what you said. But his character really comes back to it. Mm -hmm. Who is he? Mm -hmm. And for God so loved the world, he, you, you know, he gave his right. only son. Within all of these things, at the core of it is love. Mm -hmm. And so, is he going to tempt us into something evil? and go through all this whole process if right. there's no love there. Right. And so we have to come back to the choice to make the decision. Is he who he is? Do we choose then to follow him? Because as we have seen in this demonstration through the word and in our lives individually day to day, is he really love at the core of it if mm -hmm. we choose him? Mm -hmm. You smashed that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to walk around all day like, mm, yes. <laughs> How would you describe the importance of words as it's addressed in the epistle of James? James talks about words, especially um, James 1.19. Mm -hmm. He talks about words. And when we were little, you know, you had, what was the saying? Um, words don't hurt. Um, sticks and stones. Sticks and yeah, stones may break, break my bones, bones but yeah. words will never hurt me. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that true? What, how important are words? Lisa, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I mean, words are very important. I, I mean, and, and it's very, like in verse 19, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's, I have it underlined in my Bible, it's so important. It, like, every, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I mean, mm -hmm. right, that right there is really detailed on how we should act. But, I mean, it's hard to always remember those, those steps and... And, those, and like to be um, slow to speak. Every, sometimes people really want to jump and like say what, what's right on their mind right away, but you have to remember to really think out your thoughts. And, and, um, and I mean, words, words are very powerful. Mm -hmm. um, very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. words, can be, words, words can be hurtful, words can be helpful. I mean, and Proverbs talks a lot about, you hear, you hear through Proverbs, you get a lot of Proverbs about words, like I think what, Proverbs 15, one, two. I mean, you hear a lot about being clear on what we say and knowing what we say. Um, that's tied into our choice as well. Mm -hmm. That's all tied, I mean, in everything that we can choose to, to speak evil or choose to speak kindness or to speak joy and to feed into someone. Um, Using the words with that, temptations often come upon us very fast. Mm -hmm. In that response, we have the thought process, and you, you talked about and you broke down, both of you all, all of you all broke down as far as for the eve and the process of that. Given that temptations often assail us quickly and unexpectedly, how can we instantly be ready to resist them effectively? How can we be ready to resist temptations effectively 
Well, I think it comes from, she, she talked about um, God's character and knowing who God is and the Jewish understanding of, of God being all-powerful and him being the source of, of ultimately everything. Mm -hmm. And then going back to submission and being like, okay, well, I, I give up my choice to you. I, or I divert it to you in this moment because I don't want to, I can't handle it or I don't want to handle it or whatever, but like, so it happens and you suddenly just go, okay, what, what does God want? What do you want? What is your will? Mm -hmm. um, hmm. And that, of course, it depends on how much you trust his character and, and if he's trying to do you harm or, or trying to cultivate you, of course, but, um, mm -hmm. but that's what I think. Hmm. So when I hear the word instantly, I think kind of almost like reflex. Um, if this you know, cup comes tumbling off this table, my reflex will be to lean over and catch it. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can develop and, and strengthen reflexes. So I think of it almost kind of uh, like in self-defense. Mm -hmm. If you, um, and I'm from New York City, so <laughs> these things are <laughs> on my mind. I've been to a lot of these kind of classes, like I will take you down. Um, but you know, you, you're taught to think almost in the back of your mind, kind of like as it comes at you and adapt to what's happening so you can defend yourself. But what do you do? You enroll in those classes. And you take the time and you go one hour, you know, every other day to, to a master of self-defense who will teach you if someone does this, this is what you do. Or this is how you can anticipate what the person is going to do to get yourself out of it. So it's almost kind of like spiritual self-defense. Mm -hmm. you, you have to practice what you were just saying. If you don't practice it, it won't be a reflex. It won't be like a knee-jerk reaction for you to do because you never know. You never know what's going to happen. You can't, you know, expect the unexpected is such an oxymoronic <laughs> kind of term. See, that, that, right. that's the mystery of iniquity to me. Right. I mean, mm. Eve, Adam, and Lucifer all knew God way better than we do. All <laughs> had an understanding yeah. of him and an ability mm -hmm. to understand mm -hmm. him way better than we could, mm -hmm. but they still took the decision for themselves. So. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how, how it starts ultimately. Yeah. I think it's, it's really important. To, I mean, like, it's, it's a day-by-day -day process. I mean, it's, it's really, like, you really have to keep building it and building it. It never just, like, you never just get there and you're, and you're all of a sudden, like, set to handle any temptation. You just, just have to keep building it. I mean, and it's, and it's really hard to, to face temptation if you don't have any, any background. Like, if you, if you let your guard down, if you just stop, like, reading God's Word or, or talking with Him and getting to know Him, it's really hard to to face those kind of situations. So I think it's really important to just kind of keep that process and just do it day by day. Mm -hmm. so. And I mean, we may, we may miss the mark every so often. That's yeah. literally what sin means. <laughs> yeah. The Hebrew word for sin is, it's an archery term that just means to miss the mark. Mm -hmm. I'm learning so much this morning, like <laughs> Hebrew terms, I'm loving it. I, I mean, that's just, that's just awesome, but it, it, I, I like that. We, we will miss the mark sometimes, and I, that is what sin is, coming to find out in the archery form of it, that we're missing it. But as we continue to develop these relationships, the mm -hmm. relationship with Christ and the relationship of really understanding and knowing God, we'll make ourselves stronger. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what we're trying to do every day is just really trying to become stronger um, in Christ, mm -hmm. knowing that through him we can do everything we need to do. Thank you all so much. Oh, thank you. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschoolu.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Janelle Phillip. Thank you.